Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the No Small Stories podcast. This episode, I am so thrilled. We have Mark Christopher Lawrence. He is an actor, a writer, a comedian, and he has an impressive resume. He has been in the industry since 1987 with Caddyshack 2 and Terminator 2. I so enjoyed meeting him. I so enjoyed having this conversation. And my brother, John, steps in to guest co-host for me this episode. It is a great time, and I do hope you enjoy. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the No Small Stories podcast. This episode, I have my brother, John, who is co-hosting, guest co-hosting with me. And we have Mark Christopher Lawrence. I am so super thrilled to have you on the podcast. Your your career is impressive. And so actor, comedian, writer, producer, you have been in the industry for quite a uh, impressive amount of time. So I would love very much. Can we start off with how you got into acting and, and this whole life journey career that you've been on to begin with. You should have started off by saying, and your brother, Mark Christopher Lawrence, too. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get to family? I like it. I'm happy to have you be family. I don't have mm-hmm. a problem with that. Um, well, where do I in high school? My English teacher got me involved in my first play. And she talked me into getting on the speech team, which ultimately led to me being at USC on a speech fellowship. And while I was there, I took a uh, speaking class for centering and got talked into auditioning for the acting program at SC and got in. I was already a junior and I started working professionally the same year in theater and uh, my first television show. Uh, that I did a part on was Hill Street Blues that same year. I did see that you talking about that in an interview. And um, it seems a little bit, you know, you kind of said this in another interview. It kind of seems like throughout your career, there may have been moments where the universe or, you know, God, however you want to put it, just put you in the right place at the right time with the right people somehow. Well, I always put it God because you know that uh, my faith is very strong uh, in in the way uh, I believe, and um, yes, yeah, so I think God put me where I need to be. And every time I've tried to do something else, uh, he, that door slams closed. Oh, really? And I end up doing an acting job. Yeah, yeah. Do we have an example story of that? I would love to hear. We we so, tried a different road or a different path at at, at certain points. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the best story is this one. Um, about four or five years out of college, all my debate team friends were clerking for judges or working for major law firms. And I started second guessing, you know, man, maybe I made a mistake. I should have went on to law school. And it was the first time that I, that I had like an extended period of time of not working uh, on a film or something because something would come up like every month. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I hadn't worked in about three months. And I was like, ah. And so <laughs> I had, had an audition for Terminator 2. And, you know, thought I, I didn't get it. And like two, three months go by. And I'm like, okay, I need to do something. Because I'm looking in the LA Weekly, this publication. And I see, learn to deal cards. 
We have placement in Vegas, Monaco. <laughs> I love it. Six figure salaries. That's a, so you can go down and and, and uh, audit the class, and mm-hmm. if you like it, it's four hundred ninety nine dollars. Okay, and they teach you to be a dealer. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I go down, I audit the class, and before the first break, suits came in and shut the class down. Uh, apparently, they were laundering money through the class. I oh, was so glad I didn't give them mine. <laughs> yeah, at least they came in before you gave anybody a check, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, about a week or two later, I get a call from the from the wardrobe designer from Terminator 2 asking me for my sizes. And I was like, what's this for? She goes, Terminator 2. <laughs> so I called my agent. I said, hey, the wardrobe lady called me uh, and asked for my sizes. She says, yeah, we're on the phone with them now. From Terminator yeah. 2. And that's how, uh, you know, that, that was a clear example of, you know, no, you're not doing that. You're going to do this. <laughs> I love it. But isn't it good to know that you're supported in your career choice by, you know, divine intervention? <laughs> well, I'll tell you that first story. Just the other day, I said to a friend of mine uh, online, I, I, I sent a message. I said, hey, pray for me because the strike is bugging me. I feel like I need to be doing some acting work. And right, right the next day, uh, I get an email saying that there's an offer on the table. And uh, so right now I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, that's why you yep. had to travel. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. asking you shall receive, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Or as they say here, Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I, <laughs> we're, you know, we're from the Dakotas. So we have our own little like weird accent things that we have too. But yeah. I don't know if we're like quite. The Dakotas. In fact, um, one of my one of my good friends uh, moved his business from from San Diego to the Dakotas, just to uh, what is it? Uh, Sioux Falls. Stur- no, Stur- Sturgis. Sturgis. Yeah, what's Sturgis. his business? Uh, he he makes custom firearms. Oh, Apple, okay. That, yeah. I, mean, I was gonna say, yeah, that's a business that would be in Sturgis. That makes yeah. sense. Bike yeah, rally sure. every year. There are gonna there are gonna be buying guns. That makes sense. Yeah. Very funny. Well, well, Mark, I did hear something about you. Um, are you a competitive shooter? Yeah, well, that, that's how I met Irv from Barstow Barrel. Yeah, okay. Was, I was going to say, that you, you've kind of become a you've kind of become a gun owner and a competitive shooter. I watched a video on that a little bit. Yeah, which is funny is like I, you know you can call it competitive shooting, but I'm not good like people who are good. You yeah, know, like. Yeah. like like I went to the Bianchi Cup like four or five years in a row, and uh, the guy that won it, you know, he won it like fifteen or sixteen times in a row. Yep. And I, and I asked him, I said, I said, you know, what what do you do? He said, I treat it like a job. He said, I get up in the morning, I have my breakfast, I go out and shoot in my backyard for a couple of hours, take my kids to school, come back, shoot for a couple of hours, go run my errands, mm-hmm. come back, shoot for a couple of hours, go pick the kids up, come back, shoot for a couple of hours. He says it's a job. Yep. That's pretty intense. You know, and to, get yep. your, to get your patch on his on his sleeve, it's like yep. 50K. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because like growing up in the Dakotas, like gun shooting and hunting in itself is almost a religion. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like it puts food on the table. And I remember all the time you could drive a mile out of town and go skeet shooting for eight hours if you wanted to. Right. Like, right. And 
a lot of people are six years old and they get, you know, they learn how to use a gun. And I appreciate that about like coming in a rural, like coming up in a rural area because you get the opportunity to know that this is not a toy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Hunter safety classes are are pretty common for young people where Mm -hmm. we grew up, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not the worst thing, right? It's better that you can be safe with them for sure. Any education is good. So I do um, want to ask you, because it's something that I kind of think is interesting. So, I mean, you've you've had a, a long career in, you know, film, television, doing theater, doing, you know, all these different acting roles and facets. Can you maybe talk a little bit about because I'm very interested in the sort of evolution of the industry itself, especially now that you mm-hmm. have all the things that the Internet offers, you know, podcasts, YouTube, you know, anybody can make a a short film and there's so much more room for, you know, indie producers and indie projects and things like that. Right. What's kind of your perspective on the the way that things have shifted throughout your career in terms of the things that are available? Well, I think it's fantastic that you because of technology, more and more people have access um, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I, I think had I had that kind of access growing up, my career would be in a different place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and once once social media came into play, I mean that that really changed the landscape of of how and why some people get get chosen to to do certain things. Doesn't necessarily mean they're good at it, right? But but um, but they, they have get enough followers because of their following, right? Mm-hmm. Right, like 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 early in my career. Here, you know, one of the big movies that uh, I was up for, and I, I read five times for this one part. And then at the end of the day, they gave it to Ice Cube, and you know, it was clearly because of his his following. He didn't have a social; there was no social media back then. But his following as a rapper, I mm-hmm. I understood the business decision. I don't think he outacted me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but just that but, he had had you know a built in audience, I guess, if you right. will. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, uh, you know, people being able to control that part of of their career, uh, being, being able to, to have some modicum of control of, of getting those numbers up, which is I'm, I'm in the process of that now trying to because I'm late to the game. I'm trying to get the numbers up, you know, because it, it directly affects what you get paid. You know, as a mm-hmm. comedian, it, it affects uh-huh. where you get booked. Back in the old days, you know, just based on my resume, I can get booked at any club in the country. And now I, just, I I hardly even get a get a uh, email back when I send out you know, an inquiry, and and I know <laughs> that it's because because my numbers are not up. Yeah, yep. got to get on that YouTube and posting on those that content and start selling tickets directly to followers. I think it's kind of sure. how comedians are are starting to do it now, right? Just yeah. build, building their own audience and selling tickets directly to fans for a venue rather than you know getting mm-hmm. booked like you normally would. Exactly. Yeah. So with uh, another thing that I'm interested in, the lifestyle a little bit. I mean, you have to obviously you had to like just up and and travel unexpectedly, you know. So how has that maybe shifted for you throughout your career? Or can you talk a little bit about? Well, I think. I think early in the career, you know, most of my work was in in and around LA, you know, so it, it, it wasn't that bad. I I, I think um, I, I used to have a joke that, you know, people get to shoot in all these exotic places and 
you know, they would say to me, Mark, we're shooting 52 weeks. You, you're going to work on 51 of them, but we're going to get all your stuff right here in L.A. on the studio. <laughs> we're not going to send you nowhere. Right. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Don't pack a bag. Yep. And, um, but, but lately, you know, I've been traveling a little bit and um, sometimes it's it's last minute. Like, like, you know, this thing came about on Friday and at first they were saying I was going to travel Monday, which was like, nah. <laughs> now I got to scramble and 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 deal with like uh, uh, rescheduling comedy gigs that are already on the books and other stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, but it, it worked out. It was like you know everybody that that I had something on the books for were were okay with me changing the dates, which was fantastic. That's really great. So can we ask what you're working on right now that you got whisked away for, or or is it super uh, secret? Can't can't really talk about it. <laughs> oh okay. man but but I, I will say this it's fun i, I i've been you know I, I got here there's a big binder with eight strips in it and uh, oh, so so it's fun yeah, oh i'm ex- i'm excited then to find out what it is it's like there's gonna be a secret reveal i'm excited yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you off the air <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting oh uh, i like have i like being in on a secret that's fun i love it <laughs> So do you like touring around anymore? It has it kind of lost its flair. I think the only thing that, that, that makes touring suck is the airport. Yeah, you, I get that. You know, um, even though, you know, I'm TSA and all that, my belt rings every time. So I got to take my belt off. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been working out like crazy trying to get back into my, my fighting weight. Yeah. You know, so today my pants were sliding down as as I'm going through the through the things, I'm like, ah. and then uh, and then I get here, and one of the locks on one of my bags is not on the bag, so they clearly went through my stuff and then put the lock back in. You know, so it's, it's like little things like that, and then and then they left one of the uh, like like my aftershave spray that I use. They left that open. Luckily, I had the forethought <laughs> to put it in a ziploc. So it wasn't yeah. all over my clothes. So it was like, you know, just one thing after another. I mean, TSA, too stupid for anything else. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, leaving perfumes open. You can, and not right. that you, it's good for you to smell nice and all, but you don't need to have the whole thing spilt on all your clothes. Exactly. I like, yeah. you know, I so, always, oh, go ahead. I was going to just ask, as far as the touring question, what's in your rider? Um, nothing crazy. Uh, okay. Usually it's, 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 um, you know, just travel things, you know, um, aisle seats, uh, if it's more than three hours, first class, if it's, if it's, um, if I'm going to be for there for a while, I need a place with a kitchen (laughs) so I can cook for myself and not eat out every day. You know, when I was younger, you know, great, eat out and eat a bunch of junk food and but you know, at, at this age, it's like I gotta, I gotta plan and and make some meals that are not gonna kill me. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say you can't be dealing with that heartburn all the time if you're gonna be working and traveling. Exactly. Nobody wants exactly. that. No, we get right. that 100. <laughs> percent I love it. So, can you tell? Do you have any sort of favorite stories on from being on the road? Any you know favorite maybe interactions that you've had, like with your comedy work in your stand-up any sort of yeah. favorite favorite places or favorite stories that you have from being on the road well i like small towns small towns are my favorite places you know just because i grew up in you know in, in like urban la and i grew up in compton so uh when i'm in small towns i, I really like the feel of that 
um, people tend to be nicer in small towns. Um, yeah. But story-wise, uh, you know, early in my in my comedy career, I couldn't afford to fly, so I would like rent a car, and you know, from like Alamo because they, they give you uh, unlimited mileage. So I'd rent like a Geo Metro and put like eight thousand miles on it <laughs> wow. in, in a, a two-week period. Oh, so one, wow! One time I'm driving uh, this this one run that I was doing for this guy that that books comics. Uh, the first night they don't put you up, so you have to drive either get your own hotel or you have to drive eight hours to Boise. So I'm driving to Boise oh, and I'm mooing at cows on the side of the road. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like three in the morning. Moo! Anything you and can I, do to keep <laughs> yourself awake. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it is scary because you, you'll have like two or three exits where you don't remember passing them. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what happens in these rural areas, too. You yeah. don't have to be tired for that to happen. You can just yeah, be off thinking it, for a hot second. And then and then I'm sticking my head out the window just to get some air on my face. And a June bug hits me over <laughs> the eye, <laughs> and he and he it he ricochets, careens into the car, the back of the of the uh, the Geo Metro, and so now I'm driving. I still have to, still have like another hour, hour and a half to drive, and I can hear him back there laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get there, and my eye is starting to swell, like like, like, like right there, it's like it's like this. This clear mouse has popped up, and and I get out of the car when I get to the hotel. I open the hatchback to get my bag out, and he goes flying out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun, man! Well, he punches yeah. you on the way in, right? Right. Yeah. So then I had to spend like the first couple of minutes of my set explaining how I got this mouse over my eye. <laughs> I was not in a fight. A June bug right, right. sideswiped me. Right. I love it. I yeah, love it. it was it was one it was one gig where where uh, it was Central California. I remember driving up there and and I I used to have a little three twenty i and so I'm driving and these tumbleweeds that are like you know half the size of my car were blowing <laughs> across the road. So I'm dodging tumbleweeds and I, and I get there and I'm like frazzled a little bit because you know it was pretty scary because I've yeah. never even seen a tumbleweed that big before mm-hmm. yep. and. So the show is almost about to start and the headliner is not there yet. And finally he shows up and he's frazzled. <laughs> and he says, man, these tumbleweeds. I said, I said, yeah. He said, no, come and look. So the, the, the root of the, tum- of the tumbleweed hit the side of his car and peeled it open like a can opener from, <laughs> from the middle of the, 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 the back door to the front. <laughs> That's <laughs> like pretty that's pretty intense. That, I was I th- so glad I was dodging tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah, no, I would. I think I would have cried. I would have been. I right. don't think I'd have showed up. I'm like, no, I just about and he got had a taken nice out. Car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what they, a way that would have been to go. Death by tumbleweed. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, like that's- every comedian I listen to, like I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. One of my favorite comedians was on My Name Is Earl. I don't. I don't know if it was around the same time as you, but Joey Coco Diaz. Mm, I don't. I don't know him. Okay, he's from New Jersey. He's an East Coaster. He was in L.A. for a bit. Now he's back in New Jersey. Older, okay. older uh, Cuban guy. But he, uh, I remember seeing like, uh, movies like 
my name is Earl with you in it because you had a really familiar face. You know what I mean? But every right. every comedian I remember has a North Dakota story about a blizzard because <laughs> comedic runs always happen in the winter because it keeps people inside in this area. For some reason, it's that when right. it's just white out, just everything. You know what I mean? Why is right. like? Have you had any blizzard stories? Like as far as that, like because you've been in this area, I'm sure when it's been just nothing but a whiteout. Yeah, the, the I've never Midwest. been up there when it's been like crazy snow like okay. that. Like like um, I was in I was in uh, Dakota in 2019, and you know it had snowed before I got there, and then yep. but it was starting to melt off, so I didn't okay. have a problem. But but one time I was up in Canada working for this guy he had a bunch of one-nighters he had like 31 one-nighters i'd go up and do like 15 or 20 of them at a time and so i go up and i'm in my i'm in, I'm in a rented Reno, geo metro and, <laughs> and i'm driving down the road and i guess i'm going fast i don't know i get pulled over by the the royal canadian mounted police and uh the guy says hey you have to slow down eh he says, <laughs> he says, when when there's snow like this, the moose will walk on the road and they'll charge your car. Yep. He says, he says, I've seen it when they've been on the railroad track and charged the train. He says, if they charge you in this thing, you're not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think a Geo Metro is gonna uh, look yeah. good after a fight with a moose. That's for sure. Oh yeah. yeah so he didn't, he didn't give me a ticket or anything. He just told me to slow down and be careful. <laughs> oh, isn't yeah. that so Canadian? Just being real nice, making sure <laughs> you're sure. safe. Making sure well, I'm like safe. In this area, in this area uh, it's like it's geese and turkeys. Like uh, you'll be crossing roads in the middle of town, and you'll see 15 cars backed up just waiting for these turkeys to cross the road. Like <laughs> it's not, this is in L.A. They would just drive through them in L.A. Oh I'm man, sure. right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think probably in, in your neck of the woods you have the, the cattle yeah. drives that are happening on the side of the road that, that we have. Dudes, no. dudes up on horseback like we're in city slickers, you know. Yeah, I, I did a show called Amazing America, and one of my segments uh, we, we were shooting um, at, uh, what's her name? Gosh, I can't remember her name right now. But she had her own, her own range, and she was up in Colorado. So we flew into to um, not Colorado, Montana. We flew into Bozeman, and and then we had to, a five hour drive because you know mm-hmm. her her husband was an FBI agent. So their hardship, their first five years is a hardship case. So they have to be like near uh, uh, what do you call it a reservation. Mm-hmm. So so um, as we drove, we get to this one point, probably about three three hours into the drive. And there are herds, not a herd, but herds of white-tailed deer on both sides of the road. And then they were just kind of mosey across. I was like, you know what it is? They know it's not hunting season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they know. (laughs) We can be out here. Nobody's going to get us today. Right. I was like, if we we was up here hunting, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. see a a white-tail anywhere. Oh, no. all hunkered down somewhere. Nope. They know. They know well, when some, they need to hide. Well, sometimes around in this area, too, you'll get such thick fog after it snows that it's yeah. almost like Silent Hill around here. Like, you see little specks in, the, in, like, fields and stuff. You can see hundreds of deer around you because it's all just white and then little specks of deer. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I was driving back from Oregon uh, earlier in the year. I think it was like the beginning of, of summer, like around May. So it was still mm-hmm. cold up there and a little drizzly. And and uh, at the end of my gig, I'm, I'm driving back and, and I'm only about a half a mile out of this little town. And I, and I see people have pulled over to the side of the road and they're out taking pictures and they're crossing the road. And, um, and I'm going to say it wasn't black people. And I look. <laughs> I look to the side. We know. Road. We know what we do. I listen. We, I, yeah, I, I already know that whatever this is, I would have been in that crowd. I'd have been out there with my camera. You just don't consider consequence. So I looked to the side of the road to see what they were taking pictures of and getting close to. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a clear cut in the side of the road of the forest, right? There's a clear cut, and there are at least. 30 or 40 moose, all different sizes and shapes and babies and mamas and big horned daddies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, see, somebody is going to be made an example of. <laughs> somebody is. And it ain't going to be me. <laughs> Keep well, on thing, I, I would be the farthest person from that. I, I, yeah. Oh. yeah. I was like, that's, that's just trouble waiting to happen. <laughs> You're right. I, I want to think I'm sensible, but I know I got a little bit of my dad in me, and I just no, they're nice. Go pet one. Just go pet one. Just they do can it. be cool. They can be cool from a distance, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. People were out of their cars walking over there. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I remember I, there was a there was a video on the internet of this couple fighting in like an animal reserve, and. Mm-hmm. This lady gets out and they're arguing, walks around the car, and then a tiger just comes and grabs her out of nowhere. I saw that. Like, let's consider a possibility of getting mauled to death, people. Right. And I said to myself, uh, that'll learn you. I was right? going to say, you know, you lost that argument, I think. If you look if you look hard <laughs> enough, you can see him slipping his wedding ring as she's being taken away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just go ahead and swallow this, too, while you're at right. it. No, do that no more. She was probably still complaining as the tiger drug her away. <laughs> and one probably, more thing. Probably Listen. the only thing you brought back and spit out at him. <laughs> I love Go it. Ahead, oh, Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Um, oh. I did just want to ask you about um, your theater, because I know you've done also theater acting. Um, can you are, Have you done uh, anything recently? And what is your... Do you do you have a preference when it comes to acting, film, TV, theater? Is is there one that is more exciting to you? Um, I've, I've done nothing since 2012. Uh, 2012, I did two plays. I had a week off in between the plays um, uh, in San Diego, and I uh, was nominated by the San Diego Critics Circle, uh, San Diego Crit- Critics Circle for. Um, an award, uh, I was nominated for Best Actor mm-hmm. because they do these awards every year and I ended up winning Outstanding Actor of the Year um, mm-hmm. for doing these plays. I did Top Dog, Underdog and A Raisin in the Sun. Uh, but I haven't done a play since then. Um, however, uh, I love theater, I love live because uh, you affect people in real time. I mean, you know, When we're mm-hmm. doing Raisin in the Sun, people are coming up to me after the play, this lady said to me one night, one that was a matinee, and she's tears in her eyes, elderly lady. She said, we just didn't get it right, did we? 
It's like we just touched the nerve with her. Aww. Yeah. And you don't get that with TV and film. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't you, you don't know how you're affecting people. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Unless somebody comes up to you in the airport like today. <laughs> Did you have someone come up to you? Yeah, I, almost every time I fly, somebody you know, wants a picture and you know, you know, I love love your work and that kind of thing. And this this guy actually came up and said that, and then a couple minutes later, because we were still waiting for our baggage, he uh, comes back and he's he's FaceTiming his daughter, and so he, he goes, "Hey, look at this!" And she goes, "Oh my God, I love you!" Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. That's so cool. So, I, I mean, when it comes to that sort of thing, like direct fan interaction, are, are you pretty cool with that? Fine with that? Like, it's. I'd rather people say something than just stare at me. Because I get that a lot, <laughs> yep. too. And, 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 you know, I'm from Compton, so it's in there. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so if you're staring at me, then the first thing I think is, why are they staring at me? I got to get my hands free in case somebody starts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got to be ready. What's going on? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's all right. There was a guy sitting behind me. You know, he got my backpack down for me, and my backpack is like heavier than one of my bags that I'm carrying. <laughs> he goes, "What do you got in there? Bricks?" I said, "I don't know." Right. I said, Tonight, I'm going to go through it and see and see if there's anything I can get rid of because it's really heavy. And, <laughs> uh, but but I started carrying. I started using a backpack when I traveled years ago because of that. Because people were staring at me, and it's like, okay, I, I need my hands free. Yeah. <laughs> So, got to be slightly well, paranoid, but also p- potentially excited. Like, is this right. going to be a fun interaction or are we going to throw down? Right. Well, I'll tell you a story. I was at the, you know, I used to take the train from LA to San Diego and back, you know, or San Diego to LA and back. And one night uh, I'm taking the 10 o'clock, the 10, 10 train, the Surfliner back to San Diego. And um, where I parked at the train station is on, is on the end of the tunnel where, um, my track is. Mm-hmm. And so I never go back up to the front and, and walk back down the tunnel because it's just dumb. So, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm standing in, in the tunnel and I see these two guys, you know, and next to the train station, let me preface it by saying next to the train station across the street is um, the LA County Jail lockup, mm-hmm. right? The <laughs> Twin Towers, they call. And so that's pretty great placement. Guys who were clearly fresh out of jail because they had they had their their gray uh sweatsuits and their vans and then they right. had like their, their 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 prison luggage the see-through plastic bag yeah <laughs> so, bag. so so i see them staring at me and i was like okay let me let me just go up on the platform so i take the stairs up the platform you know just to you know and, and then a couple minutes later i see them they must have went up the the other side of the platform which is a, a big long ramp and then i see him coming toward me so i'm like okay i'm taking my backpack off and put it down <laughs> and then and then I'm, I'm devising my plan if something jumps off i'm pushing the big guy down onto the tracks and then i'm throwing this little one down those stairs <laughs> so that, See here i so thought you were gonna plan. take the backpack because it's heavy and just start swinging <laughs> just well, yeah. be throwing that around yeah, that that was that was my plan, and then they and as they walk up, they get about five feet away and say, "Hey, man, we just want to say we've been watching you on that show, Chuck, and <laughs> and uh, you know while we was in the pen, it was great, man. You very funny. <laughs> oh, like, Yo, huh. you only knew, you only knew, you was about to be down there. <laughs> <laughs> you just well, you just like, had a narrow escape, friend. Yeah. 
Well, that probably drives you nuts, like, just because people are always nosing their phones. They don't pay attention to what's around them. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, nowadays, it's everyone's just on their phone, earbuds in, you're walking down the street. It's like, you're going to get robbed. <laughs> well, the other night, I, I, you know, I was doing comedy at the Madhouse in, in downtown San Diego. And, you know, people are already dressed for Halloween. But people yep. are texting and walking across the street in front of moving cars. And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I got really good insurance. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I might have good insurance, too, but I like my legs in one pieces, please. <laughs> right, for sure. I prefer yeah. them that way. I'm just talking about people walking in front of my car. You know, it's, it, yeah. it, it seems like fun till you taste in your own blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're texting and then... <laughs> And, and I never text and drive. I don't do this. Well, no, 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 no. I'll speak the text, but I won't. I won't like pick the phone. If somebody sends me an image, I say I got to look at it later. But yeah, people are like sure. literally walking with their head buried in their phone. It's like now you're walking against the light, and cars are coming. <laughs> right. I, you know, and it's whose fault is it then? Right? Like then you got to have that argument. Nobody yeah, wants. Well, if he's walking against the light. It's not my fault. That's <laughs> it. Sure. Be paying attention. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, can I ask also, do you have a favorite project that you have ever worked on? Like, what, you know, you're probably most mm-hmm. known for Chuck, but do you have a, a project that, I don't know, was, was just a, a better experience than, than the other ones or one well, that I don't was... know that it, was a, that it was a better experience. But it was it was uh, probably the most fun I, I've ever had on a project, and it's it's a project that's totally against my brand right now. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys are familiar with this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, yep. yeah, so, yeah. So I did a rap Spinal Tap called "Fear of a Black Hat." I love <laughs> it already. And um, so we're a rap group, and uh, NWH. And it's uh, <laughs> with hats. I, you know? I love it. And uh, it, it's probably the only thing that I've done in my career that I just watch it and laugh. It's like, I don't even think I was a good actor back then. It's like, I watched it and I go, man, my acting was terrible, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but if you have a good time, it comes through, right? Like, as long oh, as yeah. you're having fun, yeah. I think that that shows in the energy of whatever you're working on. Well, Rusty Cundiff wrote and directed it, and Rusty wrote and directed a bunch of the Dave Chappelle show. And, uh, okay. you know, he and I have been friends since, since like, the 11th grade when I first started doing comedy. And and uh, he approached me one time and said, hey, I got this thing that I want to do, and it's called The Trial of NWH. And so he did it to, to shop his writing, and then somebody saw it from ITC Entertainment Group and said, hey, we, we want to make this movie. And... Uh, uh, so we made the movie and we got Larry B. Scott to be the other member of the group. Larry is Lamar from from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and he's so hardcore for sure black ass. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hardcore and dumb. <laughs> but you know, and, uh, sometimes it, it's fun though. 
I was going to say, sometimes that kind of movie, even for like for me as someone who watches movies, sometimes when you have something that like is just outrageous and ridiculous, it is the best. You have the best time with it, watching it, too. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those. I think yeah. if people have a good time making it, it, it's definitely something that you can get that energy when you're watching it. Right. I, you know, I, I was in Canada working when the premiere happened. And so I didn't get to see it. My sister, and my mom went. And uh, it was back in the pager days. <laughs> and my mother left me a message oh, on my man. pager. She says, well, you know, she's, you know, I grew up, you know, in a very Christian household. And, and, and she, she says, well, I saw your little movie. She says, uh, I had to go home and <laughs> repent. She says, it was pretty funny, though. I, it was pretty funny. And then yeah. she goes, did you have to show your booty? <laughs> oh, I love it. I liked your yeah. movie, but I had to go to, I had to go repent afterwards. Thanks, mom. <laughs> That's nice. You know, I kind of get the feeling I would get that kind of message from my mother on just about anything I would do though. So that's all, all right. right. So I also was going to ask what, about, you know, the writer strike, the acting strike and, you know, what you're dealing with, with that and, and what you're kind of doing to, to keep yourself busy. Um, and also, I do wonder a little bit with, with the strikes and the things that are going on, do you think that there's kind of an opportunity there for maybe more smaller projects, more independent kind of things to gain some momentum a little bit? I don't know if, it, you know, if that makes sense. Because I, I just, I guess I kind of see a little bit what we sort of talked about before of you know, the, the kind of old guard changing in the sense of more people having access and maybe sort of Hollywood in general, not necessarily being kind of the gatekeepers of whether or not you get to, to be in a project or what have you. So, I, I mean, can you speak to that a little bit in terms of kind of how you're going through those, the, the strike processes and, and still keeping mm -hmm. yourself busy? Well, I'm clearly doing a lot of stand up and, you know, I've had some charity work that I've done. I uh, went to Puerto Rico to uh, MC the State of uh, Black Health Conference, which was a, a great two-day event that was really eye-opening. Very um, cool. I hosted um, the uh, fundraising gala for uh, Bethany House of Virginia. Okay. And I do four, year, four events a year for uh, Human Growth Foundation, so... One of those came up, and we have another one coming up in December. So you do so a lot of doing, charitable work. So I've been doing that stuff, yeah. And, Very nice. You know, and the stand-up keeps me going. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the writer's strike is over. You know, they, they got a great yep. deal. Mm -hmm. um, SAG went back to the table, and, and initially the producers, you know, put another offer on the table that was worse than their original offer. And um, a bit insulting. And, and then, so when SAG presented you know our offer to them they just got up and walked away didn't even didn't even counter or anything just you know looked at it and went, nope and left uh, but i guess they've been back at the table for about four days now so hopefully they're working through it and you know uh, we're getting closer to to a deal um you never know um some of the rhetoric coming out of the mouths of some of the the producer side it was really offensive and, and uh, counterproductive, I think, and, and really uh, shows an attitude of disrespect and, and not really wanting to negotiate uh, in good faith. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, it's got to be done. If, if you want to get back to work, you're going to have to sit down and talk. And so it looks like they're, they're, they're doing that right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Do, do you think that, I mean, I get, I, I still do just have a lot of maybe hope being, being someone who is, you know, interested in, in all of these things or it, and this podcast that we do, we kind of talk a little bit about, you know, creating community around creative people, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you do, because you never know who you're going to meet when it comes to being able to be on a project or what have you. Right. I mean, do you, do you foresee there being maybe a time when just actors in general are going to look at a situation like this or writers even and say, you know what, we don't need you anymore because there are enough other things that we could be going out and doing in these, you know, smaller production companies or these, uh, you know, other projects that people are doing. I, th- I think I think uh, like we talked about earlier about there being more opportunity based on technology and based on outlets mm-hmm. because there's a lot of outlets now and then and some of the smaller companies have signed interim agreements so uh, that that gives definitely a, a lot of opportunity for people doing projects under three million dollars so. Um, the, I guess, overall view is that people still have the opportunity to create, even if you're not creating a SAG film. Right. You know, if you're, if 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 you can do that, if you can get some like-minded people together and, and put a project together, then that's great. Do that. Um. Uh, I think if you want to use some of the best actors in the world, then you know you need to sign an agreement. And I think that's that's just bottom line. Um, that being said, I think if, if you can create and you don't, then you're wasting your talent. Yeah. You know, so I would encourage people to just if 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 you if you can write, if you have a friend that can write, if you like me, I know my strengths when it comes to writing. It's like I'm I'm good with doing a broad stroke on a story, but then I know people who can make it better, and I'll get it to them and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And then they'll take it to a different place. And, you know, I have, a, I have like three or four friends that I write with that way. And, um, and, and that seems to be, for me, the best way to go when, in terms of creating. Um, and in San Diego, there's a lot of uh, independent film companies and they shoot a lot of stuff in San Diego, a lot of small mm-hmm. things. And, uh, and some of it is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Some of them are students. You know, I've, I've done a couple of films for students in San Diego, and, and they were great. One of them I was nominated for an Emmy for. That's so, amazing. So definitely, you know, uh, get your friends together and get to work. Do sure. you? So as like I, you know, I do writing. I have a fictional podcast uh, that I produce myself. Um, but there is a, a certain amount sometimes that I wonder about in terms of you know, has has the internet and the advent of the the platforms that are available made it so that you don't necessarily have to be in a place like San Diego, San Diego or New York or, or L.A. or what have you in order to find your way into the industry in some way. And I don't know, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But for someone who might be trying to look for an outlet or look to try to get their writing you know, out there in a bigger way, do you, 
I mean, do you have advice? Because again, a lot of our podcasts, we do talk to a lot of, you know, other creative people. And and that's kind of a thing that we talk about is, are there outlets that that maybe you know about that we don't know about that aren't necessarily the things that are all over Reddit or what have you? Yeah, well, well, I, first of all, I, I think, I think um, if if you're if you're in the mode of creating, create. You know, go ahead and, and make your project. I mean, that that a, a bird in the hand is gold. Um, uh, once you have it in the can, then then you can shop it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can take it to film festivals. You can take it to um, like like right now, um, a friend of mine from Colorado. They are in L.A. in Santa Monica at at the AFM selling their projects. They have they have you know five or six films that they're that they made and they're selling them. And uh, today was, I think today was the first day and they've already made some sales. So, you know, create and, and, and then get out there. Um, going to the film markets, going to, uh, you know, even putting stuff online. Like, like we shot a short right at the beginning of the pandemic of, of, of the quarantine mm-hmm. called Stacks. Yep. And I was nominated for an Emmy for that. We, and, mm-hmm. and we just put it on YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, and it's won a bunch of awards, you know. So, so that there's there's definitely opportunity out there. I I I don't know all the places where you can go, but they're not hard to find. Right. Know? I mean, you can find so much when you just. I mean, basic Google searches. You can find. I was just about to say they got this thing called Google that you know when <laughs> I was growing up, we had we had uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, and that didn't help you at all. <laughs> right yeah. you were having to like go places and and peel off those like call for a, a audition or whatever right 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 <laughs> buy a list of, of stickers from from uh samuel french theater bookstore mm-hmm. these are the producers in town <laughs> yeah you know, so yeah. so but 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 now there's just there's just op- many 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 opportunities and and uh don't say i have an idea do it Get it done. You know, people come to me all the yeah. time and say, "Hey, I got this great idea." It's like I don't want to hear your idea. I got, I got my own ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're trying to we're trying to get those done. I don't want to have time to do somebody else's idea. I said, "If you have a, a script, that's a different thing. You got a script. Come to me with a script. Then we can talk about you know like, how do we work together and 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 get it shot. Mm-hmm. You know." where I don't have to use my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's isn't that always the thing? Having the capital to do it right. Yeah, and, 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 but but sometimes, like, if you have a friend who's a sound guy, you have a friend who's an editor, you have a friend who's a director, you have a friend who's an AD, and you put those people in the same room and say, hey, look, this is the product that, that we want to shoot. We should shoot this thing. And then all of a sudden, people say, yeah, let's shoot it. And then it becomes, you know, how do we how do we get locations? Hey, so-and-so's mom, let's use her house. So-and-so's dad, let's use his business. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you can get mm-hmm. things done. Like, I, I shot a, a film for a student, and we shot in his parents' house. See, they they had this great house, you know, that's in a very rural area, mm-hmm. and we that's where we shot, and it was fantastic, and and the thing won a bunch of awards, and you know, I I I I think that that the opportunity for young filmmakers and and young creatives to do things is abundant right now, mm-hmm. and you know, and the technology is inexpensive, and you know, like some of these cameras, man, it's like it's like you 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 get like those those lanterns those uh, Asian lanterns. Oh, and yeah. You, you light a whole scene with one of those. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I did an episode of, of, of Black Jesus and they needed it to yep. be daytime. And they floated up like this big balloon that was basically one of those lanterns. Yeah. And it made the street look like day, you know, in the camera. That's so, really uh, cool. Yeah. So the technology is is incredible and inexpensive. So so go to work. Stop sitting around saying you have an idea. You get some friends together and get it done. Yeah, I love it. It's I think that that's probably a little bit of, you know what? That's one of the things that I kind of just need to hear with all my stuff. Like, just go do it somehow, some way. It'll it'll come together. I'm going to start. I'm going to start sending you a message once a month, once a month with just a kick in the pants. Get off your butt. <gasps> do that thing. No, <laughs> I love it. I will be I would be so super happy about it. And I do also have to thank you very much again, because. Uh, like I said before, I had never gotten a sucky sucky now in my entire life. Oh, now. now, and see, <laughs> let me tell you, I appreciate that very much, friend. Thank you. If sure. I anytime I need to feel good, I'm gonna go read that text. Like, <laughs> Mark Christopher Lawrence gave me a sucky sucky now. I feel pretty special about it. I love it. But uh, listen, if you do, go ahead. If you would text me once, some, I would be like, oh, dang, I got to get on this because mm-hmm. MCL going to be disappointed in me if I don't get on my stuff here. Because <laughs> this is my thinking. If, if you blow up, then I, that's an opportunity for me to work. So I need you to blow Absolutely. up. I, I, I'm working <laughs> on it. I 100%. I can see you as a character in some of my stuff. I absolutely see? love it. I can be your John Ratzenberger. He's in Pixar's sure. everything. I'll be in your everything. <laughs> I was, I would be so happy for you to do that, a hundred percent. And actually, so it made me uh, think of something. So you have a, a story that you've told that is kind of one of my my favorites because I wrote a fictional little mini short story of my own about a. Uh, it's a cat. It's an alien cat that is a comedian who uses three D holographic laughter waves to enhance his audience's experience and he has a mouse that is a concert pianist known throughout the cosmos who dies laughing at his at his uh comedy show but you actually had such a thing happen can we have can we have that story because i love it so very much well well, which story is it you had that you had someone die at at a show so, so I was doing a charity event in in uh, a charity Mahoya, event, California. Yeah. <laughs> it was a charity event, and um, my friend Josh, who hires me for a lot of stuff, it was one of his gigs, and uh, we're in the side yard of this mansion, and there's like this big stage, big enough for like a five piece band. There's four comics, you know. There's probably a couple hundred people and mm-hmm. chairs set up in the side yard, and um, first thing that came to my mind was, you know, how much money you got? You can get a couple hundred people in your side yard. I can never get my <laughs> trash cans in the side yard. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I'm closing the show. I'm doing 45 minutes and I'm closing the show. And uh, the first three comics go up. Everybody is funny. It's like it's all heavy hitters on the show. I go up. I get about 12 minutes in, 13 minutes into my act. The host comes running up. And he grabs the mic. He says, I'm sorry, Mark. And he says, is there a doctor in the house? And what had happened was some guy sitting on the left side of the side yard was having so much fun that he keeled over and died. The lady next to him said that he was having so much fun, he was laughing so hard, and he just slumped over. 
and 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 I was so glad other comics were there to see it. Because now when I walk in the room, right. they go, "There's there's Mark. He's killer." Right. He's a real. And, he really knows how to kill with an audience. You know, and, and then and then, uh, luckily for him, there were four doctors in the house that night. There were there were four doctors. The head ER doctor in San Diego was there, and they laid the guy out in, uh, on the lawn, and they they go to work on him. They resuscitate him, and he woke up giggling. <laughs> I love it. And I'm trying not to be proud that I killed a dude with a joke. Uh, There's a whole lot of ego comes with killing a dude with a joke. No, <laughs> I, I I say kudos to you very much, and I bet he was like on the other side of the veil for just a hot second, being like, "Y'all got to come watch this dude because it's good stuff." <laughs> so what I heard was he was in a re- rehabilitation center, telling people about my act. I, that's why he was there and so I, I, I the lady who was sitting next to him i guess he was friends with her stepfather and so we kept in touch and she said she said yeah um my stepdad has tried to uh get you an interview with him because i wanted to take a camera and go and interview the guy yeah. so that i can get him saying that i killed him at this show <laughs> so that would be my intro from, not, from, from now on ladies and gentlemen put your hands together the killer mark i love it it'd be fabulous and, and uh, uh, we never could work it out because I was traveling a lot. And then by the time I, I was ready to, to go over there, when I, when I could make it, uh, his family had come from Texas and took him back home to Texas somewhere. Oh. So I was like, ah, now I'm thinking about just getting an actor to do it. There you go. I mean, it's a great story. To do a reenactment. That's brilliant. <laughs> and in this one, you could maybe have like you could do a story about you know this time he does actually die and you get put on trial for like killing somebody via laughter or something like that. <laughs> I will absolutely come and be your lawyer. I'm gonna spend some time in that six by nine cell with Bubba. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I don't, you you don't want to be doing that. Right. He's, he's giving me the look. What you in for, sweetness? Right. <laughs> I killed a dude, Bubba. With a joke, <laughs> knock knock. One of the best. One of the best lines is uh, Eddie Murphy in Life when he's telling him, "I've been a man to death." Oh yeah. <laughs> I love. I mean, listen. I gotta say, there's no. I don't think there could probably be any better way I could think of to go than to die laughing. So you know what? Right. It's really. Right. Well, it's not yeah. the worst way. Exactly. Well, he's just like, I want a side. You don't know what I'll do. I'll stab you, choke you, bite you. I want to spit a man to death. <laughs> Love it. That would be great. I did Eddie Murphy's voice as as the old man at, at the end of that, that movie when he and Martin are sitting in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. At the baseball game. So that's yep. my voice. That's so great. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that he didn't want to is... come back in and, and do it. And so uh, I ended up doing the voice match. <laughs> So thank you, Eddie. I appreciate the, you know, I got right. some work out of that. Good deal. Right. Appreciate the contribution to my pension and help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could put me in Dr. Doolittle 6 or something, that would be right. fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll play a hippopotamus. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more like, you know, a long lost brother or something that comes along to help out with, you know, the animals or something like that. Or that. There you go. <laughs> I like or hippopotamus Haley's going to get her projects done and, and, and blow on up so we can stop, stop playing around. Haley. I'm, all right. I'm, I'm going to get on it. MCL says get on your stuff. 
and do it. So sure. I, now, now I have to. Now it's now it is imperative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. We do want to be respectful of your time, and I do just I so 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 appreciate you coming and being on the podcast with us. I really do. It's been Thank so you. great talking to you. It's been sure. fun. It's been fun. It was awesome meeting you. I've also. Well, we should come back uh, and talk about and talk about uh, bringing back Christmas. I mean, that's opening on in thanks on Thanksgiving. Oh, do yes, whatever you have to plug for anything upcoming, do let the audience know. We've got so I did see um the yeah the ad for that the bringing back Christmas that's Thanksgiving yeah, bringing back Christmas Thanksgiving uh Amazon for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh so definitely watch that. It's I'm I'm uh they they've sent it to four festivals. I've won best actor at three of them. Oh, okay. c- congratulations to you! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and, and the film just the film just keeps winning awards. It's like the first two festivals that won every award except one, and uh, it just uh, content 20, uh, 2023, It won, uh, uh, I think, best story, best director, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting. Oh, wow! Actress. Yeah, so so you're it's, setting it's the really, bar. Uh, you're setting the bar really pretty high for me if you want me to get my, my projects popping up. Like, you're really... I'm short, I gotta tell you. Like, I'm they, gonna they, have to jump listen, real high. Listen, listen, we just use the backs of other people. <laughs> John, John is a table. I need you to be a table so I can climb up I'm on your... <laughs> you're a table. Yeah. Get in that tabletop sure. position so I can climb up there and reach sure. that bar that's just been set for me. <laughs> You can do it. I love it. I but do yes. have one question. Oh, go ahead. Yes, sir. I've heard you are quite the cook. Is gumbo still your favorite thing to cook? Uh, I love cooking gumbo, but you know now I'm just cooking for me, so it's kind of it's kind of yeah. hard to cook. I was thinking about actually cooking a small pot here, but every time I say I'm going to cook a small pot of gumbo, as well, I'm cooking yeah. it, it grows. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I have a German mother, so a pot of soup is a pot of soup. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Like Cold the last drink. time I really cooked for a bunch of people and family, I, I had to build a stove in my backyard and uh, you know with <laughs> yeah. a couple of burners and and uh, a seventy quart pot is is what I use. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's a lot of soup. Mm-hmm. That's a lot and, of and, and I was thinking. I'd have at least, you know, 16, 18, 20 quarts left over. It was like six yeah. quarts left. So I was like, man, <laughs> did locusts come through here? They no, it's, it it's just that good. You just pat yourself on the back yeah. for a job well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, sure. it was good. But but I, I, I mean, I like cooking all kinds of stuff. I mean, it just depends on what I'm in the mood for that day, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like last night before uh, I, I cooked... Um, uh, they had lobsters that sprout, lobster tails that sprout, that sprouts. Okay. And so I bought a couple of lobster tails and like a half a pound of shrimp. And I got some coconut butter and uh, a little wow, bit of you... butter and, and and seasoned them up and then, you know, let them get just about done. And then I Why... put a little yeah. heavy cream and, and some tequila. Why and, do you not have uh, a cooking show? That's what I was going to uh, say. You, you know what? We pitched, we pitched two cooking shows and, and well, one of them, Bobby Flay's company, came to came to me. We shot the uh, pilot, and the guy who was the producer on it left the company before they did anything with it. So then we tried to find out what happened, and the new guy was like, "Well, I got my own projects. I want to do this." Aww. So then I said, "So then we were like, well, can we have the footage so we can shop it somewhere else?'" Nope. And so we didn't get the footage. 
Oh. So I don't even have a I don't even have a copy of it. And then um and so Bobby, if you're listening, can I have yeah. that footage? Or, <laughs> right. like, can we yeah. revisit it? Let's get that then footage. I did, then I did one that was sort of a it was a kind of a travel log, except for it was it was if you go visit a city and you like it, okay. then uh what would you do? I mean, could could you could you find a place to stay? Could you find a place to work? Mm-hmm. And so we called it New Digs, New Gigs. And oh, so, cool. so really it did three different things. And then somebody said at one of our meetings, well, it just, it does too much. I was like, that's the whole point. Yeah. It's like, if, if you go visit a city and you fall in love with it, then, mm-hmm. you know, where do you work? Where do you? It's the, that's the whole process of life when that's, you figure that out. That's, that's right. a lot to it. So the only there were three elements. The, the first element was visiting a city. So we show you all this stuff about the city. Then we show you like jobs that you could get, mm-hmm. and then we showed you like places to live. And that's how is that complicated? That's entertaining yeah. and edu- That's edutainment right there. Yeah, and, and I thought for, for 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 cities, it's a great show. It'd be a great show because yeah. it would showcase their city. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Get the tourism yeah. departments in now in on the funding there. Yeah, there you go. Maybe I'll revisit one, that thing because because it looks gorgeous. Yeah, that's one good thing about North Dakota is there's small little pocket towns. If yeah. they like make scratch food, like um, German food or something like that, are you familiar with a lot of like the German food, like oh, dumplings yeah. and stuff like that, and, oh, yeah. or uh, yeah. niffle soup stuff I'm, like that? That's one of that. I'm good niffle at making niffle. No. Have you it's ever called, had soup? It's called Nifla, and no one outside oh, of Nifla. the Dakotas yeah. knows what it is. And it has a so, K. Is it German? <laughs> yes, very. Yeah. There's a place in San Diego called uh, Tip Top Butcher Shop. And, okay. And it's like a German spot. And uh, I bet you they have it. Oh, yeah. They'll oh, know I, what it is for sure. I love it. It's a, it's a cream soup with um, like dough and potatoes and just vegetables, stuff like that, and chicken yeah. stock and cream. It's I, I it's make good. yummy. I'm pretty good, good at that. We'll have let's have a cook off one day. I'll make nifla soup and you make gumbo, and we can have like a you know what that'd be a great. Yeah, but they're so different. Those are two. They're different so things. different. They, they but, are sure, but you know what? Get, nope. Let do do like a, a comedian cook off, and you guys are cooking all like way different things. So it's you have to be funny and you have to be a great cook. So you're judged For on sure. being on your comedy while you're cooking and entertaining everyone and the food. Yeah, mm-hmm. That show ex- kind of exists. Um, uh, it's on Tubi. It's, it's Scott Wood and it's called something smells funny. Okay. <laughs> so I think um, you did four episodes. I did one of them. Yeah. Did you? I, I gotta go check that out now and see that. Cause yeah. I think well, that would be watched, super fun. We watched um, something's burning bird Kreischer's cooking show. Oh yeah. How was yep. that? Yeah. So yeah. All right, I that let's get let's get me and you on a project together, Johnny. Yeah. You can help us. Let's and and let's then all go be on Bert's something burning show together, and it'll <laughs> yeah. be a great party time. All right, let's 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 get to work on something. I'm I'm with right. it. I'm down. I'm so about I'm it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Really, I do so appreciate it. Bless you for coming and talking to us in our in our little podcast that we're trying yeah. to get off the ground so much appreciate that you joined us today thank you thank you so much hi again friends 
That was our conversation with Mark Christopher Lawrence. We do have his links below so that you can definitely go check him out if you don't already know him from Chuck and all of his other awesome roles and his stand-up comedy. Please do check out his Dry Bar stand-up comedy special. You will potentially laugh yourself to death. Um, Those of you who might have heart conditions like me, you have been warned. Don't laugh so hard that you die. Anyway, if you would like to support more of this podcast, you can support our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash no small stories. Follow us on Instagram. That's at no small stories podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And do check out all the links below again for Mark Christopher Lawrence, as well as for myself and for John and for Shane. And until next time, friends, remember, no matter how small you start, your story is always a big deal to us. Take care.